sitting by a warm fire as you enjoy some hot cocoa. It seems like a great way, right, to celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. You know, I got a little bit into the spirit. I think next week we should have Bill wearing something like this. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. You guys got to convince him. I don't think he'll listen to me. Maybe Shelly can. I don't know. But see, this month we're in a new series called Christmas at the Movies. And, And what we really wanted to do is bring Christmas to you with kind of this different spin, this new twist to it, bringing you to the movies. See, growing up, we used to visit family for Christmas, right? And we would do the normal Christmas thing where you open presents, right? But we also would have a meal together. And then we would do something that I thought was actually one of my favorite things, is that we would go to the movies. <laughs> we would spend some time and find a new release that had just come out recently and take time to just enjoy it. Our family, we just love that tradition, going to the movies. And that's why I got really excited about this series called Christmas at the Movies. See, we're looking at how movies can speak some really great truths into our lives. And they also point us towards some amazing biblical truths that can be applied every day, no matter where we are or what we're doing, right? And one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies is Elf, okay? In fact, every year, I have to see it. Since it's come out, I watch it around Christmas. I've already seen it I think twice already so far this year, okay? It's just a great movie. I must, as Buddy says, if you've ever seen it, have this affinity for elf culture, right? If you haven't seen Elf before, let me kind of run down things for you. But if you haven't, I do want you to see it this year. So take some time, go watch Elf. You'll love it, okay? It's a story about Buddy. He's the main character. He's an elf who gets adopted by Santa and the elves. And they raise him to be like an elf, right? He's a lot larger than they are, and one day, he finds out he's not an elf, but he's a human, and he's just torn apart. And so because of that, he sets out. He's like, I've got to find my real family, and he knows who his biological father is, and so he goes on this journey to New York City, where his dad is, to find him. And that's how we see the story unfold as he tries to connect with his family and the challenges that come up along the way. One thing about Alf is, no matter what's going on, he continues to struggle throughout the story. Because he got to figure out, where does he belong? Where does he fit in? Because he doesn't fit in with the elves over here. They're smaller, they're really good at making toys, and he's not so good at that, right? And he doesn't fit in with the humans, because he loves elves and their culture, and he eats lots of sugar, right? But let's go ahead and take a look at this clip to see a little bit more about Buddy. I hate to do this to you, but I think you can help me pick up the slack on those extra steps. No problem. I appreciate it. Oh, you think? Maybe not one minute too too for a double take. Quit thinking yesterday with that special talent thing. Feel bad for the guy. He just hope he doesn't get blocked. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now,
I'll be okay. I just need a glass of water. For some of us, we feel exactly what Buddy was feeling right here, right? His whole world changed in a moment's notice. He no longer understands, like, who he is, where his place is. See, he is lost and doesn't belong. And that sets him off on a journey to find his father. I don't know about you, but for me, I like to get things planned out, especially when it comes to road trips, right? I like to figure out, okay, where we're going to go, where we're going to stop, where we're going to get gas, where we're going to eat, what's along the way, what kind of traffic situations I'm going to run into. And, you know, I really love having a smartphone with at least, I have at least three different map uh, apps on my phone, right? To, to know you got to, but that one, I don't like that one, so I'm going with this one, right? Well, back when I started in ministry, it wasn't like that. You pretty much, you had a phone, a cell phone, but they weren't smartphones. And so you had to get online and look up, okay, I'm, here's point A, I'm going to go to point B, and it had turn by turn, and you print it off, and you'd have a 50-page book that you would bring with you, right? And be like, okay, i got to make these turns. Well, we were heading to Grundy Mountain Mission in, in Virginia, and so we were going on this trip. I printed off my big binder where this stuff to do and directions. I had my co-pilot sitting next to me like, okay, you're helping us get there, right? So you know what you're doing. Yep, got it. Good to go. And so we started along the journey, and everything's going great. And by the time we get into Grundy, though, it's nighttime. It's dark out, okay? And we had never been there before. And so we pull into town, and we're following directions. And it's like, okay, turn right here. And there was nowhere to go. So we eventually just keep driving around trying to figure it out, and we come to this intersection. And at this intersection, it looked like, okay, we knew we had to be this direction over here. And there's a road this way. There's a police station right here. I said, well, you know what? We know where the police station is. If we get lost, we'll just stop there and talk to them. So we take a right-hand turn and start going, and then all of a sudden, a group of like five guys comes running out, and they're yelling, flagging us down. And what is going on? Well, we had gone down the one-way street the wrong way. Didn't know it, didn't see any signs. The police had stopped it like, you are going the wrong direction. They were nice. They helped us, pointed us to where we needed to go, and eventually we were able to get there. But one of the first things that they said to us was, you're not from around here, are you? Right? We knew we didn't belong. Right? We didn't fit in, and we were lost. Jesus, he was 12 years old, and he was less, left alone and lost for three days, right? He knew his place was to be in the temple, to be in God's place, to God's temple, right? So he could learn, so he could grow. And so he stayed back there to do such things. Obviously, he knew he wasn't on earth for long. But his parents, they made an assumption. You know, they had gone there to visit, do their thing, and then they were on their way back with their group, and they thought Jesus was with them. He wasn't. He was back a couple days back. So when they figured it out, they had to go back and find them. Because Jesus, again, he was at the temple teaching and learning to prepare for ministry. He was so into his studies that he lost track of his group and ended up being left behind. Now his parents came back, got him, everything was good. He wasn't gone for too long, but still, at one point, Jesus even got lost. See, not knowing where you belong or who you are or even where you fit in, that's a hard thing. I know we've all had that struggle at some point in our lives. Maybe it's not fitting in with just a group at school. Or maybe you tried out for a certain part or a certain team or a role, and you didn't get it. And you don't fit in there anymore. 
or you're struggling with how you fit in at work, in your home, with your family, your friends around you, your community, whatever it is, there are times when that struggle can really overwhelm us, just make us feel like, you know what, we don't have a purpose. Maybe we feel like just giving in and just let that hopelessness take over. Buddy, as you saw in this clip, right, he started to get so overwhelmed, he passed out on top of another elf. Maybe it's not that overwhelming for you, but we still need hope when we don't know where we belong. In fact, not having a sense of belonging often leads to loneliness. And there was a study done on loneliness, and it says this, loneliness has the same impact on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is also a better predictor of death than obesity. Wow. So where do you go for hope? What can bring you a sense of purpose and belonging when you're dealing with the struggle? What we got to realize is that Jesus' life was all about this. From the start of his life to when he left, he was about giving others a sense of belonging, to be part of something bigger, to be a have a purpose in your life. And Matthew 123 captures that sense of what it means to belong. Check it out. It says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. See, God having this with us is one of those most famous names given to God. And it was specifically given here to Jesus. Emmanuel, it's not this personal name. I mean, some of us might even know an Emmanuel in our lives, but that's not it. This is one that's describing Jesus' role or his title and how he helps connect God with us. It is so significant that it was foreshadowed well before Jesus even came. Isaiah 7.14 reads this. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. So what you see here is Isaiah prophesying 700 years before Jesus came and he's talking to his current king about trusting God for deliverance. See, it had a prophecy about Jesus coming but also had ability to apply it in that moment, right? It gave them insight into a coming king as well as their current situation. In the time of Isaiah, his king was up against this huge alliance. He had to deal with Israel and Syria, who were not following God anymore, and they were coming up against Assyria, which was even worse. So he has these two competing forces, and these two over here wanted him to create an alliance with them to go there, and they didn't want to do that. And so the king was even contemplating going to the even worse situation with Assyria and asking for help with them. He was worried what to do, and I thought, man, you know what? Where can I go wrong? Let me go with these guys. Instead of going to God. So God came to him with Isaiah. And at first, Isaiah offered the king a chance for a sign. Just to know that God was there and to trust him. The king refused. But Isaiah continued on. And that's where we hear Isaiah 7.14. It was meant for them in that moment, but it was also a sign for what was going to come. God was with them 700 years prior to Jesus' arrival. 
And he continues to be with his people today. And the really interesting thing is that 700 years prior to that moment in Isaiah 7, Moses, man, God was with Moses helping deliver his people. And now we're 700 years later, and God is with Isaiah and his people. And he's forecasting for 700 years later where Jesus comes and he's with his people. You see that theme there? God with us always. Isaiah 9, 6 reads this. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, Isaiah, he's prophesying here about the power that Jesus is going to bring. At the same time that he's prophesying what's going on here, you see this spiritual doom and gloom feeling that was going on with their people. God's people didn't know what was going to happen, but Isaiah kept pointing them back towards God, still being with them. And he is going to be with them, and he's going to send them a king that's even more than they could ever have wanted or anticipated. This is the God who came to be with us today and save us. Who we belong to and have our purpose for. And that's why we're even here to celebrate the month of December. We're celebrating Christmas because of him being with us. Isaiah's message, it permeates with the idea that God is with us always, even in the darkest times. See, Isaiah doesn't stop there. It continues on with this theme. And Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when we're going through these times of uncertainty and periods where, man, we just don't feel like we belong. We've got to remember that. We have God by our side. We remember his faithfulness throughout all generations. Isaiah, he was a messenger of hope. He's trying to get people, and his people specifically, to remember God is there in all things, no matter what the circumstance is. So for us to truly understand what Isaiah is saying and understand God being with us, we need to understand God a little bit more. We need to understand him more completely. So we need to see God's character. See that God, he is not just Emmanuel. God is also our creator. The Bible starts out with basically what that means, right? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and... Okay, you guys did a little better in the first service. You're awake. Awesome. All right, yeah. He was creating the heavens and the earth. Emmanuel, God, with us, has been with us since the beginning of creation. With him, all things are able to exist. Just like he is our creator, he also provides for our needs. He takes care of all of his creation, what they need to exist and function. Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Wow, that's a powerful statement from Jesus. See, God created everything. Everything that's ever come into existence. And he thought that you were worth creating as well. Wow. So we see that God, he is our creator. But we also see that God is infinite. See, God is infinite in a couple different ways. First, he's omnipresent. 
which means he has the ability to be everywhere at the same moment. 1 Kings 8 describes it this way. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. Man, that's really encouraging. Because we know that we have his continual presence in our lives no matter what. We might not always know what the circumstances are going to be like, but God is there. He can be everywhere. So God is omnipresent, but he's also omniscient, right? He knows everything that can be known. Psalm 147.5, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. So obviously we, we can't hide. We can't hide our thoughts even from him. And that should you know, give us comfort when we're going through sorrow. God knows that pain we're going through. And it should also help us in times of joy because he knows us and he's being joyful with us. That he knows everything ever was and ever will be is awesome. We may not always have the answers or know what's around the corner, know what's going to happen next, but God does. How cool is that? So finally, God is infinite in that he is omnipotent. He has the ability to do anything that can be done. He is all-powerful and can do anything, even though it might be impossible in our eyes, right? Matthew 19, 26. Jesus says to them, says, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Some of you might be in a place where you're questioning your worth, you're questioning your value, or how you're going to take this next step, or how do I choose the right direction? Remember that the God of all power is on your side and can encourage you to take that next step in life. Well, not only is God infinite, God is also eternal. He's always been and will always be. What we see in the Bible is that God has been called I am. In Exodus 3, it says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. God's eternal nature, it helps us understand that God will never abandon knowing that he is with us, right? He's never going to abandon us. He's always existed. That's that I am statement. And he will continue to do so for eternity, not just in the past, but in the future. God is also holy. And that basically just means he's set apart. He is uncreated and has to be separate from sin because his absolute purity. He's absolute righteousness. Psalm 99.9. Holy is the Lord our God. And David knew it. God will never choose sin or evil. And he hates when sin is done by others. But God is faithful. And he's true to his word in all things. And you can see this lived out when Jesus was on earth, right? Jesus went to be tempted. And he was tempted three times by Satan. And each time, he didn't give in. He will be with us to help us resist temptation because God can identify with our struggles because of Christ. And it was Christ's sacrifice that helps us become holy again in God's eyes.
One final characteristic of God that I want to look at today is that God is loving. He sees value and worth in all of creation, even though we choose, we choose to separate ourselves from him. We do sinful things, yet God still chooses to treat us with love. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. We didn't deserve it, but he still did it. In his love, he's showing us mercy. He's showing us grace. We don't deserve it. God shows patience in the way that he treats us because he wants us to come to this point of repentance, to turn away from what we're doing and come back to him. Change our ways. He'll always love us. See, these are just some of the qualities of God, but they definitely help us point to truly who he is and how we have a place to belong because of him. In Psalm 100, verse 3, it says, a promise that knowing that we know that the Lord is our God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Sheep. That illustration just reminds me of Jesus When he talks about the 99 and the 1, leaving the 99 to go find the 1 that he doesn't want to abandon because they belong with him. We are his people. We belong in God's kingdom. In life, we can start to wander around aimlessly and think, I just, I don't belong. I don't fit in. I don't have this real purpose in my life. I don't know why I'm not like, you know, that person or that person. I don't play a guitar like this person. I can't play the drums. I I can't speak in front of people, whatever it might be. We devalue ourselves and don't see our true worth that we have because of Jesus. Today, our hope and impact is that you feel loved. You feel valued and accepted because you're a child of God. God was willing to sacrifice himself for us. For some of us, we understand that yet we still wander away aimlessly at times and aren't living our lives for what we're called for, right? But if you think back to the song that we just sang right before I got up here, and it says that true love gave us a reason for living. And if we're like that, then what are we doing with our lives? Today, you have an opportunity. What are you going to do with the belonging that you have been given? Each day is a new one, right? You have 24 hours. Every person in this room has the same 24 hours. And we can do something great for the kingdom, or we can hold back. And we can say stuff like, man, I'm not sure what I'm good at. I don't know where I belong. I don't know who I am. Or we do the opposite. And we go all in and say, how can I serve the king who gives me a sense of purpose and belonging? Buddy the elf. He thinks, man, he's figured it out, right? In the end, he's found his place. He falls in love with this girl, and he wants to tell everybody about it. And then his world gets shattered. He goes to profess his new love, and once again, his life is challenged by his father. Let's take a look. Where do you want me to go? I don't care where you go. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my son. Get out of my life! 
sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 cookies into the VCR. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. I'll never forget you. Love, bye. how hard Buddy is on himself. Because someone that he looked up to doesn't believe in him anymore. In fact, I think most of us that are sitting in this room right now or online with us, whatever it might be, you would feel the same way if you had someone who looked up to you that shot you down and threw you basically, man, they said, get out of my life. Fuller Youth Institute been studying younger generations for a long time. And what they do is they look at the impact that we can have and make a bigger one in their lives. And they did a recent study, looked at younger generation and asked them, what is it about the one person who influenced you towards a greater thing? And the one thing that they saw was consistency. Someone that was stable, consistent, and pointing them towards greater value, a greater purpose. Man, if we can help this next generation feel a sense of belonging and purpose, we can make a huge difference in the world around us. What kind of lasting impact would that have? Emmanuel, God is with us, gives us hope in times of uncertainty, peace in times of upheaval, and strength when we are weak. Not sure where you are today, right? But know this. God is with us in all circumstances. He gives us a place to belong that can be what we need to get through it all. God being with us also means something for us. It means that we're with him and his mission. We have a purpose that we're created for. You know, we're here to worship and glorify God. And we're here to make his kingdom grow. We belong to a kingdom of believers and we're going to help connect to a mission. So how are we taking that mission and helping the kingdom grow? A few years back, I had a chance to go to India. I was on a mission trip. And it was a great time because I got to interact and encourage some of the local ministers. I got a chance to meet people in the stories that they were telling and seeing God's kingdom in a global atmosphere. It was really cool. Part of that was having a chance to sit down with some of these folks and hear their story as we encouraged them. They were encouraging us. There was one time in particular, we, we sat around a table with some guys that their story was all about pain and hurt. See, they, they would tell stories about how they were beaten and abused because of their faith, how they were abandoned by their families. Some of them were burned. And then they would tell stories about people that were no longer with us because of their faith in God. But you know what kept getting them through? knowing that God was with them. And one story in particular that I will never forget, it's about a man and his wife. They're in the church. 
And they were getting ready for something or finishing up something. I don't remember the details of that, but I do remember what happened next. They had a group of guys come in and grab them and tell them to declare Jesus was not their Lord and sign this piece of paper that they brought said, you will no longer follow Jesus. They wouldn't do it. So they pulled them outside and they started beating on them. And they still wouldn't do it. And they got upset. And so these guys took this husband and wife and tied them to the back of their vehicle and started dragging them down the road, thinking that that would probably kill them, and it didn't. So they took them off when they come to this one location, and they again tell them, deny Jesus. They wouldn't. Tied them to the tree. And the guys come up to the husband with this piece of paper and say, we know you're going to withstand torture on yourself, but will you withstand it when we're doing it to your wife in front of you? And the wife screams out to the husband, says, do not sign anything. We have a God who's bigger than that, and he is with us. And he didn't. And as they're getting beaten and tortured, they're screaming, and a couple local villagers come, and, and they hear this, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and they scare off these people that are beating on these two. They get them healed up, and a couple weeks later, you know what this couple did? They went back to that church and they started preaching again. And they started talking to the local villagers and telling them about the God who was with them, who loves them, who sent his son for them. And a few months later, they go find those folks that were harming them and invite them into their church so they could hear that message. And it only took a few weeks for those that hurt them to accept Jesus, become believers. How amazing. What a wonderful commitment and purpose because they knew where they belonged. For me, one thing that I overlooked until recently as I was preparing for this message was this great truth. Matthew, he starts with this promise of Emmanuel, right? God with us. But ends with Jesus saying in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you all always to the end of the age. So from the beginning of Jesus' life until he departed at the end, even after he has been crucified, he says, I am with you. And he continually does that. So we know we have a sense to belong. It's an amazing promise for each one of us to hold on to. And it didn't start just in one moment. Or it wasn't just for this time period but it was something that was with us continually. The disciples knew it from the day they started the church. They saw it, and they realized, man, we have a place. We have a place to belong. We have a sense of purpose. So let's go. Oftentimes, the early Christians, they were abandoned by their families. They wouldn't have known where they belonged other than in God's kingdom. And there were a group of believers that came together. They followed Jesus because their place of belonging was truly with him. This should give us great hope, great assurance every day. See, this promise is true for us as it was for them because we've decided to follow Jesus with our lives. And when we do that, God gives us our belonging. We belong to this kingdom of God. We have a purpose to proclaim that kingdom to others. God, he's going to be with us through it all. And it all started with the first Christians 
started with the birth of Jesus for our hope. See, our human relationships, they might fall, fail us, right? And they might fall in front of us. But our eternal one will never fail. Our relationship with God will always be the same. See, God, he's not sitting on this throne in heaven and just simply watching. He's active. He's with us every day. He gives us a place to find belonging in his kingdom, with his family, and a purpose as well. So if you're wondering kind of what happened at the end of this story with Buddy, again, go watch it, but let me give you a real quick note. Everything ends up good. He finds his purpose. He finds a sense of belonging because he finds his place with his human family and he's still able to help out Santa and the elves. And he brings his family along on mission with them. We too, we have a chance to come on mission with somebody. And that's with God. So where are you today? Do you have your sense of belonging? Are you on mission with your purpose? And you're helping others with their sense of belonging? Do you see this as an opportunity to help others and give them the hope and they might feel hopeless? An impact? Our hope today is that you'll take a step towards Emmanuel, towards that God with us, and find your sense of purpose. Find your belonging. Don't let another day go by without having a conversation about following God and allowing Emmanuel to be with you always. We're going to have some people, if you're here with us in the room, at that Engage Impact booth in the back. Talk to them today. They'd love to tell you what does it mean to follow God with us for the rest of your life. If you're online with us, send us a DM, message us, email us, whatever it might be. Let us know what you're asking. Let us know you want to have this relationship with God, and we'll help direct you what that would look like. Some of you might have already taken that step. But maybe you haven't taken in the next one and saying, how can I help make impact my family? Jump into a growth group or be part of a ministry team. Again, we'd love to help you with that because that gives you a sense of belonging and purpose. It's even deeper. Jump in and see somebody today. Send a message today. Don't miss out because we want you to learn what it truly means to follow Jesus and have him with you every day. Let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you so much for today, for this opportunity that we have to come to you because you sent your son, Lord. We thank you that you have given us, Emmanuel, a chance to share hope and a place to belong, Lord. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, we have so much power and ability because we're allowing to do some great things for your kingdom, Lord. It's only because of you that we are here today. And pray that those in the room and those online with us will find ways to share that hope or will step into that God with us moment, Lord. Help us point people towards you and be with you in all things. We thank you so much for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.